ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to bring to you Wisdom, 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 Season 1, Episode 17, Boy. Show me what lies just beyond my eyes Would you take me to the world where my spirit flies Tell me is that really fact or a pack of lies What's beyond my eyes Why don't you Show me what lies just beyond my eyes Would you take me to the world where my spirit lies Tell me is that really fact or a pack of lies Welcome everyone to episode 17 of the Juggalo Rewind Podcast Oh, geez. We're already hearing our guest. So to start off, my name is Peter. I'm here as usual, but I'm not here with Chris. Uh, If you're listening to this as we drop it, Chris is either mourning the Michigan football loss or he's still celebrating the Michigan football win. But because he is not here, I had to reach into the depths of the Juggalo cannon and find a co-host for today. Not even a guest. He's a co-host. And I would like him to introduce himself to you right now. Hello there. Whoa, I am the hello. homie Jiggles. Or as you put it down, Jiggles the homie. <laughs> now, I'm going to jump and get this uh, hot take right now because I get in trouble with all guests. Do I have to call you Jiggles or can I call you by your government name? You can call me by my government name. That's fine. <laughs> or we have a, whatever. <laughs> We've oh no no if you're you sound upset by this so I'll no no it's, call it's, you it's, jiggles no nobody calls me jiggles it's just an online handle. <laughs> uh, the last time I did this I got called out by uh, person and fans alike that I uh, abandoned <laughs> the gimmick. Yes, so you're a listener. <laughs> so I know you as Jeremy. So if we could call you Jeremy for this next hour or so, I would appreciate it. You can call me Jeremy for the next hour. Cool. And then we'll go right back to your homie Jiggles. Right. Or Jiggles Uh, the homie. (laughs) For those who don't know you, do you want to give just a little quick synopsis of kind of who you are and what you're all about? Sure. First of all, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And look at you. The first uh, (laughs) thing you drop is I'm a dad. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Um, I work and I'm a juggalo. I've been listening to this music since 99 and uh, just uh, been getting really, really deep into the to the culture lately, guesting on podcasts. Um, I've been on uh, ICP with Weed, Dim Carnival, Juggalo Judgment. I do my own podcast now called the Juggalo Roundtable, uh, and it's just what it sounds like. It's Juggalos and Juggalo-adjacent people getting together <laughs> on a podcast and just, <laughs> and just chopping it up. That's a good listen. We've talked about it here, and uh, I do enjoy all of the different podcasts that I've found over the most recent times, and yours, I I do uh, have a, a liking to. I like hearing different people's nice. opinions on different topics. I yeah, applaud you, kinda, good sir. Well, thank you. That's kind of the idea, is just bringing together, because I, I had kind of gotten tangled up in this network of, well, it kind of happened around me of various podcasters and just various online subsets of, of juggalos. And we all kind of converged at the same time. And that's what brought about the idea for juggalo Roundtable. So it's, it's a good idea. It's almost amazing that it took this long. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know how long some of those other podcasts have gone on for. And I know there's some like 
web podcasts. And there's a couple that, you know, I stumble across, but I, I don't know how the medium didn't hit the juggalo world for me until super recently. I, I would just think, you know, it, it's been ugh, ICP fans have just been an online I don't want to say phenomenon, but it's, you know, through the chat rooms and the websites, like from the early 2000s, if not the late 90s, it was a thing sure. online. Like, how did this never occur? As I feel like the boom is very recent and I'm glad it's happening. It just, it seems very late in the game. Yeah, I think it was 2017 when I first really became aware of this kind of podcasting world of juggalos. The first one I remember listening to was 20 and 17 from uh, Brandon, a.k.a. Joker's Gallery. Mm-hmm. And that was a Fagel Lovers thing. And then the Dim Carnival came, I think, in 2018. And that was kind of the first of, I'm going to lump you into this format of Juggalo Podcast, where it's right. deep diving on, on, the, on the music. Even Twisted and ICP, I can't believe, took this long. Like... It was a couple episodes ago, I thought, maybe we were just talking with one of our friends, that uh, the Juggalo show, the radio show, mm-hmm. really kind of set the bar. Like, that was so ahead of its time. And then they just don't do anything. And yeah. it, for for being as funny as all, you know, four of them, Twisted and ICPR, how did they not jump on this kind of format until... You know, within the past year for the Patreon or now, you know, Magic Ninja does their different, you know, uh, YouTube, not YouTube, but like Facebook video podcast. It's just they seem to way late to the game, too. And for years, I've been saying, God, ICP should just be doing like 30 minutes every week of just telling stories like that would have been money for so long. And they just are just now capitalizing on it. Well, you know, I never even had a, a podcast app on my phone until 2018. I was not even really aware of podcasts. I mean, I knew what they were and I'd heard of them, but I'd never listened to one really. So, I mean, maybe <laughs> I thought I was just late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may be a little late to the game and there's still probably a ton of people who don't listen. It's, I guess it's still a growing medium, even though, you know, Seems like everyone has a podcast, but uh, well, I think for a long yeah, time it's been there. reserved for conspiracy theories. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> right, we've found our home. We didn't really—I don't think you dove into it. Uh, real quick, you are from the West Coast, correct? You're from Washington yes. State. Yeah, the P and Dub. I am from uh, Tacoma, Washington. How did you get into? I'm sorry if you've said this on other podcasts, but just what I have, <laughs> what started you, you know, on the, the juggalo train, if you will. Uh, in 99, um, a friend of mine at the time had brought over a CD that he had borrowed from a friend. It was the amazing Jekyll brothers and he put it on and he was like, Hey, you got to listen to this. It's funny as hell. And of course, you know, he ran through all the skits and the, you know, the shaggy show and just all the funny shit and bitches. And I was like, Oh yeah, that is funny. And that was basically it. And I never really heard it again. And then it must have been a few months later. This was, I think, in the summer. It was like right after the album came out. And maybe a few months later, maybe later that year, I think I I was at like Fred Meyer or something. And I was at the the music section and just kind of flipping through. And I saw that album. I was like, oh, shit, I should get this. And I got it. And I sat down and listened to it. And at first, I 
wasn't really sure what I was listening to. I, I thought it was cool, but it was like just so weird. I was 19 at the time, so I was, you know, <laughs> way late to get into it. But uh, again, like you said, I'm out here on the West Coast. It's not like, you know, there was a lot of shows happening out here. So, yeah, after a few listens and uh, pouring through the, the liner notes, I was like, okay, I really like this. I'm going to dive into this. What are these other Joker cards about? What is this whole mythology, this story that they've got? This is cool. It reminded me of Gore, which I was really into when I was in middle school. And it took me a little bit of uh, diving into it to, to realize that, oh, crap, I've seen these guys on wrestling before. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, it all comes, not, all comes back to wrestling. <laughs> for me, not really, because I've never been a wrestling fan. I'm still not a wrestling fan. I just, I'm indifferent to it. But my stepdad. Well, hey, we're out of time. I got to uh, <laughs> go. Oh, shit. I just yeah. shot myself in the foot. Yeah, that, that never, knocks out a couple of my questions for later. Never bad about wrestling. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, my stepdad was really into wrestling. I would watch it with him just for something to do. Um, and I do remember it was must have been like 97, 98. I remember seeing ICP and I didn't know who the hell they were, just that they were wrestlers and, oh, apparently they're rappers too, whatever. And that was that was about it. But once my brain made that connection a few years later, it was just like a revelation. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> so probably like most other people who get into ICP, within the first year after deciding that I liked it, I had almost every album and was going to Hot Topic every payday and trying to find any new merch. Uh, the comic books were coming out around, at that time, so that was oh, awesome. Yeah. There was there was a ton of merch at that time. You can go to Spencer's yeah. or Hot Topic and just find posters, coffee cups, stickers, all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, that so was, was the, definitely the boom, if you will, yeah. nationwide, worldwide. Uh, and that was the yeah, that was the time to to become a juggalo for going to the mall and wasting a bunch of money. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good time for them for you to go and waste your money on uh, on the merchandise. Right, but um, now you can't go to the mall. Now you have to pay that's shipping. That's true. Oh, son of a bitch! But I at know. least. You- <laughs> at least you, you got a cool. <laughs> at least you got a coin with it. Oh no, yeah. or or you don't. No, oh, never mind. Yeah, or you that's, don't. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Um, that's on the uh, podcast uh, season two. <laughs> Things. That, um, that's, that's a long uh, podcast. That's been going on for twenty, thirty years. Yeah, that may be. Uh, we may have to edit that out because that'll legit be an idea that that we do later on. So we'll uh, we'll talk. We'll we'll okay. make that happen in a future. Uh, Endeavor. All right, my guys, talk um, to your guys. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know that's obviously all of your introduction to ICP and, and juggaloism, if you will, but do you have a, since we're talking Twisted on this season, do you have a specific memory of knowing who they were, picking up Most Tasteless, like, since all that came out at the same time, did you recognize, hey, there's another group on this label, or did that not happen until much later? Like, did, what are your what are your memories of Twisted? I was obviously aware of Twisted once I bought Jekyll Brothers because there's a big ass ad for most tasteless in there. <laughs> True, uh, but I didn't know anything about them, and I was just like, oh, okay, it's just an ad for some other band. And uh, then I realized that that was them rapping on Echo Side. I was like, oh, shit, okay, this is really cool. And then once I started getting into the to the catalog, Forgotten Freshness, I heard 85 bucks an hour. I was like, okay, so these are you know some other rappers that they're down with, they're on the label, cool, whatever. But those two songs didn't really, weren't really good introduction for Twisted. 
Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah. I say kind of is, but uh, especially since they weren't even listed on the on the track listing as as a feature. Um, it wasn't until Freak Show came out. Oh wait, no, I take that back. I think my sister had a copy of Fatter Whack because she got it yes. like at, uh, she got it at uh, the Family Values tour or something like that. And it all comes back to Fatter Whack. If it doesn't come back to yeah. wrestling, it comes back to Fatter Whack. Yeah, and so I think from that I heard the those snippets of uh, the three songs that were on there. It was still not really enough to go on. I mean, I was really getting into ICP, but I wasn't really branching out yet. And when Freak Show came out. Again, and I don't even know why my sister bought it, but she bought she bought Freak Show or a friend of hers did or something. And uh, she was a really huge Doors fan, and I've been a f- huge fan of the Doors my whole life too. And she was like, "Hey, check this out! They these guys do a cover of People Are Strange," and I was blown away. I was like, "Whoa, holy shit! This is great! Who is this?" And she's like, "This is Twisted," and I'm like, "No shit! Psychopathic Records Twisted! Holy crap!" <laughs> but for some reason, I didn't buy that album right away. Maybe I did. I, I think I probably bought that and Most Tasteless around the same time. So it would have been like late 2000. But as far as Most Tasteless is concerned, my first real memories of listening to that were I bought the CD and I dubbed it onto a tape so I could take it to work and listen to it. <laughs> yes. Because I worked I worked at a bar. I, I was cooking in a bar and there was a uh, tape player boombox in the kitchen. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this in and listen to it at work since I'm going to be there for like 10 hours and it's going to be slow as shit. And I'm by myself. <laughs> and I listened to that thing the whole night, just back to back, flipping the tape over, over and over again. And I was hooked. Absolutely hooked. That is an amazing album. It was the the reissue, obviously. Right, right. Remember, kids, back in our day, we had to uh, listen to a tape and we had to flip it. Or if you were right? lucky, the uh, player actually flipped it itself. That was pretty high tech. Yeah. You know, not like physically, but it just like flipped from side A to side B. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying. Why is it that car radios have always done that since like the beginning of time? But home stereos, you barely ever saw one that did that. Why is that? That, That's true. Um, I don't know. I was just going to give a really stupid answer, but that's not physically possible. I I don't know. We should uh, look into that. Maybe we'll start branding, you know, uh, get vcrs back out there we'll get cassette players back out there yeah nostalgia's if back you, if you get me a vcr then i could watch uh, born twisted again <laughs> i was <laughs> that's funny i have a uh, well we'll talk about that later i may be able to send you an electronic copy if you so oh, desire that would be well, dope because i have the vhs and i haven't watched it in probably 15 20 years because i haven't had a vcr yes remind me i will uh, link you up as the kids say dope kids say that my kids don't say that <laughs> I don't You're know what kids say. I don't have kids. What do I know? I just know. Well, I have kids and I'm out of touch too. <laughs> I just have the snot nosed 18 and 20 year olds at work that think I'm an old ass man. But all right. Well, this is a good introduction. I enjoy uh, listening. It is. I, I like listening to your history. You know, we all all come from a different kind of background. We want to know how we all got to this point. And I think uh, it's interesting that most of our friends you know our being me and chris pronouns pal that uh (laughs) we we talk to people who live here in detroit so we have a vastly different perspective and i think we're spoiled by that so hearing someone from you know midwest east coast and now you you know 
time zones away. It's interesting that it made its Fucking way time out zones. There. How do they work? <laughs> well, some of us know, some of us <laughs> don't, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. We'll hey, leave hey, that hey, for hey, another hey. day. Um, so, uh, we didn't even get into my normal beginning cause I was so interested in who you were. Uh, if you're, <laughs> I know if you've made it this you far, you, you can't see it, but I'm blushing. <laughs> if you are uh, made it this far, you are listening to the juggalo rewind. As we said, you can find us on all social medias at juggalo RWD. You can find us, uh, that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the ever popular TikTok. Your kids have a TikTok. Do they, are they that no. old? That's good. Keep them away from that stuff. That's <laughs> not good. Uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple music, all those things. You can email us at juggalo RWD at gmail.com, or you can give us a phone call. Some of our famous, uh, famous, some of our favorite people have dropped us a line at 810-666-1570. And uh, feel free to, infamous, feel free to leave us a message or just listen to our nonsense that we put up there. That's about it for my stuff. We'll cover all of your socials at the end, right? That's how podcasts work. That's how podcasts work. that's what adam carolla teaches me i don't know he's the first big one i listen to so other than Uh, he's been doing it a long time all right so let's get down to the uh, meat and potatoes here and then we can cover more nonsense as we go along because that's how we do this right so we are here talking (laughs) i think they do uh you would know you're the professional you've been doing this longer than i have no you have (laughs) another podcast don't you uh, yeah, we did a wrestling podcast for probably a good year and a half, two years before this. Um, okay. But, you know, it's still out there. I Someone, one of my friends was like, I didn't know you did a wrestling podcast. And now he's going back and listening to those. So cool. this is good. Maybe we're, uh, we're, we're bringing the worlds together. I think those worlds were already together. I, I think that's true. I meant more in our specific world, but you are correct. Right. Uh, so we are here talking about, as we said, the 17th song on this season on Most Tasteless. We are talking about Blink. I think this song kind of flies under the radar, and we're going to get into that a little bit here. But uh, I think it holds a special little place in the corner of the Most Tasteless history. Producer on this track, Mike e clark what are your feelings on mikey clark love him um, <laughs> it's hard not to right it's hard not I mean, to love him um but you know a lot of times and this is a hot take uh-oh. i think a lot of times people give him too much credit oh they, they, well wait hear me out hear me out i think people hold up this version of or this image of mikey clark that they think he is the only producer that can make ICP music or Juggalo music. And, <laughs> oh my now, God. Now, <laughs> is, now okay. I, I already have, I already have a question about this, but you go okay. ahead and I will okay, hold, you bury hold, yourself hold, first. <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> Slap those flapjacks on your plate and pour some syrup on it. Cause we're getting some hot cakes, hot takes here. Jesus um, Christ. I love Mikey Clark's production on the Joker's cards. You know, the 90s albums, amazing stuff. I mean, he was years, decades ahead of everybody else in the game. His samples that he would pull, 
you know, the beats that he would come up with, the the way he added guitars to the to the production, the the sound clips, the just the, the structure of the songs. He was structuring these rap songs as if they were rock songs with a bridge and a hook and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes even solos and you know, all these different parts where you hear most popular rap music, especially at the time, it was you have a beat and that beat goes through the whole song and you yes. might have like a, a synth or piano or something that cuts in and out. Maybe you get a little something extra in the chorus, but the beat rarely changes. Yes. The Mike same Clark, three seconds for the next four and a half minutes. Right. It's, right. It's, it's, a break, it's a break beat and that's all it is through the whole thing. Not saying that's bad because you can make a cool song like that, but Mike Clark took a step further and he, he crafted songs with his instrumentals. And I, feel, I think I that, feel a that big, lets, I feel, <laughs> I feel a big butt coming on. No, there's no butt about that. And that lent to ICP being able to craft their songs the way that they did. And it's, it was really unique at the time. And I think it's still kind of unique now. Here comes the butt. <laughs> but with Bizarre Bizarre, I kind of feel like Mike Clark was phoning it in a little bit. There's some cool oh, songs in there, oh, but I, oh. I, I, I don't. It's still in my I, heart, but we're gonna. I, no, I need to. I need to cut you off right here. Hold on. <laughs> Are you besmirching the good goddamn name of Bizarre Bazaar? Um, I'm not so much besmirching it as I'm trying to look at it from an objective lens compared <laughs> to everything else in the canon. Bizarre Bizarre are exactly that. They're bizarre. They're not really structured like a Joker's card album because they're not supposed to be. They're basically like an extended sideshow, which is cool. And I, it's cool. And I it's thought, cool. <laughs> I thought Garrett was going to be the bad guy of this season. <laughs> you're the, you're oh, the biggest heel so far. <laughs> Ruffling feathers. Oh yeah. I like Bizarre Bizarre, but I feel okay. like, Mike Clark's production, it kind of like it was elevating. It was evolving with each album going up to that. And by the time he got to Bizarre, I think he just kind of took what he did on Jekyll Brothers and just kind of like cleaned it, but kind of scaled it back a little bit. And not to say that they're bad albums. There's good songs on there and they're decent albums. But I think as far as his involvement with ICP, that's kind of where it hit a brick wall. And it just wasn't innovating anymore. And it wasn't, I mean, obviously it wasn't working because they didn't work with each other after that. I'll, I'll buy that, that it, no matter how good a combination is of anything, I mean, we could be talking ICP and Mike Clark, or we can be talking peanut butter and chocolate. It's going to get stale eventually. And then you need to take a break and then you come back and the magic is rekindled. So, right. I, I'm with you on that. And also that led that left the door wide open for Mike P to come in. I love right. that era. So I, yeah. you can't hate on that, but I'm, I'm with you. Like you needed to leave for the heart to grow fonder kind of thing. And I'm, right. I'm okay well, and, with um, that. And they kind of needed that split in order for ICP to have go on to their next level because they wouldn't have got to Shangri-La, at least not the way they did and hell's pit and everything after that, they wouldn't have got there continuing down that path with Mike Clark. I mean, we could have still gotten amazing music, but we wouldn't have got what we got. Obviously. I don't Um, don't know this off the top of my head, but when did Mike Clark come back? 
Are well, we talking like the, second second Joker's card deck, or the, was it Tempest, deeper into that? The Tempest. So it's really not as as long because uh, that was what 2006 is when they started working on it. So from 2003 to 2000 or 2002 to 2006, there was no Mike Clark. But with the Tempest, it was just Mike Clark making the beats and basically sending them over for ICP to finish mm-hmm. in their studio. And you can you can kind of tell the the chemistry isn't there with between the the music and the and the lyrics. It's there's a lot of almost there. Maybe it could use a little bit more work. And it wasn't until Bang Pow Boom that they actually worked together physically again. And that was an amazing album. That's hands down one of my favorite ICP albums. You know, it's just you like what you like, and I I, yeah. I don't know if you can really put a finger on why. Yeah, no, the heart wants what it wants, man. Yes, it does. (laughs) And the heart wants us to continue talking about Blink. We've gotten not very far. (laughs) So, yes, this is a Mike Clark track, speculative. You know, did he sit down with them and put the song together? Did he just have the beat sitting around and he kind of gave it to him? Mm, The world may never know. My speculation, it was something that Violent J was working on with Mike Clark. Um, being uh, that Violent J does the hook, I would yes. <laughs> I would assume that it was something that Jay had an idea for a song. He sat down with Mike Clark. They put together the music, had the hook, and this was at the same time that they were putting the other most tasteless. And Jay, being the micromanager <laughs> that he That's is, a nice word. right? Um, he said, "Hey, guys." here's this cool song. Why don't you make some verses for it? And they were like, bet. But I think definitely, I think the song originated with Jay and Mike Clark. And Do you think there's a version sitting out there somewhere where he has an entire song on this no. beat? No. Um, I think there might be like a scratch verse maybe in existence somewhere or maybe used to be. But I think it was probably no more than just the hook and the beat although and maybe we're i'm jumping too far ahead here this song to me ever since i knew what dark lotus was this was a dark lotus song i see where you're coming from with that and yeah we'll definitely touch on that here interesting interesting take because i i can see all of that happening and very often now we're going way off topic i always joke that there is definitely a version of Crack Tiles out there with Jay singing it. Like, I have no doubt that he oh, cut he did, the he, entire CD. He did. He didn't do it. He gave it to Rudy. There's a Rudy version of the entire fucking CD. <laughs> well, I don't know about and then that. Like, that. That ain't going to work. And then we find Sin. Like, I... I would put money that there are those versions out there, but that's definitely the violent J version. I don't know about the rude boy version. I, I don't know. I feel it in my bones. I'm telling you. It's I, I, I think he probably did make a phone call to Vinny from sponge and said, Hey would... dude, can you make this album sound better for me? Can you be a part of this new band? And Vinny was probably like, no, nah, man, I got my own band. Yeah. Find somebody that, find somebody that sounds just like me. Uh, yes, and I know you're not besmirching the good name of Zug Island, so we'll no, save I'm that not. for another day. Yes, No, I am um, not besmirching Zug Island one bit. That'll be uh, season eight. We'll have you back right. for Crack Tile season. And then I will besmirch it. No, I will. I no. like that album. I think, I think that's a great album. 
Yeah, me too. But there def- definitely is friends. a version somewhere that's Milo J singing the whole thing because he said he recorded it. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. I don't know how that's never leaked. No. Um, back to the song, back to Blink. We are talking uh, track time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Four minutes and 25 seconds. That's Why average. is this so... F- yeah, it's crazy that it's average because yeah. it's long and it's... Well, uh, what songs weren't that long in the 90s and early I 2000s? Know. I mean, even radio songs, even pop radio songs were four, four and a half minutes long. It's just tough, especially when you break the song down and there's really, other there's than the verses. alternating, <laughs> yeah, the alternating yeah. verses, there's two verses. How does that take right. four and a half minutes? Well, there's there's a hook, which is kind of long, and then there's a bridge. <laughs> Because it's a Mike Clark song, so there's a bridge, and then there's an extended outro. Yes, <laughs> but in the, to me, this song never feels too long, though. Even though a lot of it is really repetitive, the vibe that it that it has, that just the feeling that it captures, the picture that it paints, is just so intense and so vivid. It's it doesn't get old. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't feel like it's too long. I getcha. I. I don't know about this one in particular, but I definitely have songs like that that I love listening to. And I know that the hook is just going on and on and on. And I'm like, I wish this would go on forever. But if someone was dissecting that, they'd be like, wow, this is garbage. So You're talking about Freaky Tales, right? <laughs> I, no, I was. <laughs> we'll just we'll go on from here. <laughs> let's, let's see what's next. Ah, track number. This comes in at number six on the reissue. Kind of crazy that it's uh, know, pretty early on. They're, I think we talked about on an episode or two ago. They're just through the bangers, like right at the beginning of this reissue. And that's yeah, probably they, good. You know, you needed they, to they, they grab that the audience. Two, they took the two opening tracks, Secondhand Smoke and Die Motherfucking Die from the original, which are hype as hell. And then they just threw on three hype as hell. Well, two hype as hell and then one this song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, just right there at the beginning. Probably the smart thing to do. And we'll talk about it at the very end of the season to see what's... <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this. What's more cohesive, the oh. original or the <laughs> the reissue? Because both probably have their hiccups. But uh, Yeah, well, there's five different recording sessions between both yeah, albums. It's, I mean... It, we've, you know, obviously do- dove dove divin dived we've jumped into that uh, (laughs) it's gone from you know stuff that was literally recorded and released in mid house of crazies era to Uh mike clark and and twisted so it's yeah runs the gamut in one cd and it's it's a little disjointed mess i mean it's it's a good for being for yes for being I think most people's like, hey, that's their best CD. When you really look at it, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hiccups and a little disjointed. But I think when people say it's their best CD, I don't want to like overgeneralize, but I think a lot of times it's just the nostalgia, A, and B, there's some bangers on here. I mean, Secondhand Smoke, Die Motherfucker Die, Rock the Dead. I mean, those are just all-timers. Yeah, those are Juggalo standards. And then shit like Hound Dogs, Renditions of Reality, you know, Spin the Bottle. All of those are just solid-ass songs. Um, Obviously, it's not on any of the other stuff, because this is a new boy and not an original boy. Uh, no samples. My is not found on anything else. That's another thing. This is the only yeah. track 
on the, either one of these versions that is not found on anything. And it's not even on right Spotify. It's nothing. That's what makes it. I don't, I don't know if it makes it rare. Eh, we're just going to dive it, into it's it. It's rare right now. now. It, because this album doesn't exist anywhere anymore. If you don't have Correct. an original copy of it, you don't, you're asked out. You're, you're not going to have it. Correct. Although it, I, I did just find that, uh, I mean, obviously it's on YouTube and right. twi- twisted. I just learned today. They stream, I guess you call it stream. Like they have all of their albums on YouTube in like sub folders. So oh, really? if you really wanted to sit there and listen to it, you could, but yeah, it's not, it's not on your the, typical platforms and it's correct. not available on CD anymore, which is so weird because for the longest time, I didn't get the original most tasteless until God, probably like 10 years ago because it just, it wasn't available. And especially not out here. If it wasn't on yeah. hatchet gear, you weren't getting it. And they, they might put it on hatchet gear, like on cassette and it'd be there for a few months and then it disappeared. And I was like, I'm not buying a fucking tape. <laughs> uh, but uh, for as hard as it is to find nowadays, it's definitely, I don't want to say a staple, but they play it a lot live. Come on. Are you ready? Uh, They just played it this year at Fright Fest, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And then doing a quick YouTube search, multiple gatherings, you know, multiple shows, multiple tours. It's it hasn't just gone away. They play it a lot, but I wonder if there's people who don't know what it is. I'm I'm sure because it just it blows my mind that this version, the reissue, was the standard version for most people from 99 all the way up until, I don't know what, probably like five years ago when M&E re-released the original. Right. In between all that time, like the original was hard to find and it wasn't on streaming that I know of and you couldn't buy it anywhere. And it was, it was just the, the reissue. And now because twisted owns the rights to the, to the original, they've re-released that. They've put that up on streaming and psychopathic doesn't want to make money off of previous artists for some reason. They're afraid of making money, I guess. Um, so they, <laughs> in so, some ways, not always. Yeah, in some ways, they they don't want to make money that other people might make money on. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Even if they're both making money, so this version just doesn't exist anymore. Which is just it's just wild. I almost wish that they would put out an EP of the the reissue songs as a companion Tracks. piece to the original cut. Yeah. I'm surprised. Like that's a, not a terrible idea. Like a couple of years ago, didn't they put out that, that weird, like freak show, uh, mm-hmm. tape and CD of like, not, <laughs> not like out, 
you know, not outtakes or B-sides, but just like kind of random stuff. Like, yeah, I wonder why they don't do a yeah. most tasteless one like that, too. Um, yeah. I also we've debated and I don't want to contradict what you're saying, but I I wonder if it's an island thing for owning that version, oh, that because be. I was kind of told when I asked about this album, uh, if we could do this podcast or not, that psychopathic still owns the rights to it. So mm-hmm. not magic ninja so i know maybe that's why when they put out you know that vinyl and you know the the anniversary versions that they were kind of limited and on tours and not like out in the right. open they were sell just, out before anybody uh asked questions yeah just the under the radar kind of thing i think this is all uh still under the hatchet <laughs> as they say but i don't know so that makes me think maybe it's an island thing but why can ICP put out, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Jekyll Brothers on streaming, but Twisted can't. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, and why can't I, why can't Island just put it out? Don't they want to make money? Probably not. Are they even still around? There's a whole nother question. They, I, no, I, they've been absorbed. First, they were absorbed by Def Jam, and now they're part of Universal and Sony. Jeez, it's it's such it's such a mess. Do you happen to have the lyrics in front of you or do you want me to just start? Oh, look at you. So let's, uh, let's do a little deep dive. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do this here because they alternate and they're real quick, but I mean, we can maybe just pull groups at a time. You know what I mean? We go back and forth. That's, we don't have to be uh, perfect on this. Uh, yeah, they're just they're just alternating quadrants. I mean, it's and it's a really yeah. cool concept because Monoxide opens his eyes and Madrox closes his eyes, and that just keeps now, repeating back and forth. And that's a really cool, really cool way to 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 build the song to put it together. I agree. Now, right off the bat, I'm glad that you said that. I have a bone to pick, so. <laughs> I, I hate to blame someone or to say we could do something better because hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm not a uh, professional artist. Madrox's verse, the all, all of his verses are all different. Why does every single Monoxide verse say when I open my eyes twice on his, all of his third lines? Oh, no shit. I didn't think about that. So, like, just right off the bat, you know, if people are listening with us, you know, Monoxide, when I open my eyes, I see the blood on the wall, neck and back, for all contrary, blah, blah, blah. When I open my eyes, I only try to hide the pain. Like, he does that right. every and then time. Says, when I close my eyes, everything <laughs> goes black. My heartbeat skips rhythms like a heart attack. I'm an insomniac <laughs> with a nosebleed. You can ask Nosferatu, bitch. He knows me. Is this what we're doing? Are we are we singing back and forth? <laughs> what well, you want no, to? No, 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 I, just no watched I, that, I just watched that verses last night. Well, I watched part of it. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I, I don't want to say it's lazy because I'm not trying to again, say that he should do it a different way. It's just interesting that he says when I, like, it's almost like he has multiple two line verses Mm -hmm. instead of Madrox's four line verses. And, uh, 
Well, I think I it, it definitely shows that they wrote their parts separate from each other, maybe. <laughs> um, I say that and, all the time. Like, I'm well, dying to ask legitimate artists, like, when you make a song like this, do they sit down and do it together? Did, like, Monoxide put his part down and Jamie looks at him and is like, that is not <laughs> what we talked about. Yeah, like, yeah. Either, either you didn't listen to me or, like, holy fuck, like, what are you doing? Like, like yeah. I'm going to just kill it now. Like, not that they were right, trying to one-up each bad. other. I did Madrox every single time. He's like, no, you go first, man. It's cool. <laughs> We've mentioned that for a first. couple songs. Yeah. I'll just sit here with my pencil. Yeah. I'll uh, uh, be right back. But Oh, I see. Okay, he repeats every other line. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not going to repeat any lines. I just, I wonder, you know, it, I didn't really notice it over time and I guess it sounded I like you didn't it notice it. So no. maybe it's just us being nitpicky, like reading through it, but so when maybe it's not a big it, deal. Yeah. When you look at it, it, you can plainly see it. I think Monoxide just took the song and he just had a really formulaic way of crafting his verses, maybe more so than Madrox and Madrox was just like, okay, well I'll start with when I close my eyes and just go off from there. And Monoxide is looking at it more like, well, it's we're repeating every verse with when I open my eyes. So I'll just do that every other line. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's neither one is wrong. It works, it, but it is interesting that Monoxide does it every verse and Madrox never does it. <laughs> I wish again, I'm nitpicking hindsight 2020 that their verses or their voices were so vastly different that they told a different part of the story. So like, I wish, let's see when I'm looking at it, uh, like when monoxides with the open eyes, I wish his was more realism and like things that he's seeing in the world. And then Madrox's was more like, the nightmares. demons and like the yeah the night yeah, yeah. I guess n- okay. night and day nightmares yeah. and, and wake and they I, throw I, I think a little, that's bit, a little bit more a little bit more high concept than what they did here. You're, you're <laughs> right they, though. I mean that would have been dope. They throw like elements in there. Like uh, if you go a little further down, monoxide just he is talking like you know supernatural shit, and then he talks about uh, when I open my eyes, I wish I could glue them shut, but then I couldn't see my cigarettes. Like it just it, it, it goes <laughs> totally off of like he's talking about you know blood dripping and killing people, and then he talks about a cigarette. It's like oh, that's because they they went they went to the to the Beastie Boys school of rap writing where it's like well if you don't know what to what to put on the end of this line, mention White Castle or mention you know Adidas just, or whatever. Just go back to your gimmick and yeah, go back to your gimmick. That's why that's why Monoxide constantly talked about cigarettes on the first two albums and well, three albums really. <laughs> yeah, he's getting his gimmick in there, which we talked it, and I get it. Like you're you're new, you're trying to get new fans, you want to tell people what you're all about. But yeah, if it's a, maybe it's a crutch, maybe it's yeah, a, whatever. What a, but, what a in hindsight, what a lame gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. cigarettes, smoking, really? That's what that's what you're going with? Well, I don't know. I, I'm not a smoker. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm it's... an ex-smoker, so maybe I'm... <laughs> maybe that's you're, why I'm looking at it like, like Yeah, <laughs> damn cigarettes. <laughs> Fuck you, cigarettes. Um, now, uh, I don't know if maybe some of my uh, Detroit brethren here will see the connection. Are you familiar with or a fan of the rapper Paradigm? 
You know, I that name. I've heard that name. So he's a local artist. Uh, He is now Kid Rock's DJ. It's been like in the music scene in Detroit for years and years. He had a song on, I want to say his first CD, and it's called Fire and Ice. And it was him and another rapper. And it was much structured just like this, where they went back and forth. And it was very much like a good versus evil, almost like a, like devil on his shoulder and like the angel mm-hmm. on his shoulder kind of thing. And I think that's where I was going with before that. I'm not suggesting either one copied off the other. Cause I'm sure this right. has been done a million times, but I just, Oh yeah. I mean, 24 seven off of uh, hell's pit. Yeah. I just all day, wish it was a little night. more, you know, a little more um, clear cut on what each one was talking about, but you know, what yeah. are you going to do? Just going be, through, be even a if we're just like, nitpick it. God forbid we <laughs> nitpick stuff. Um, yeah, if we're just going to like cover the first verse here in its entirety, Madrox throwing in a Nosferatu line, you know, yeah, bringing always. back his uh, his the historical uh, love of the horror movies. Um, right, but yeah, really, and- the the whole thing kind of is in that horror realm, you know, blood dripping on the walls, yeah. uh, Lord of the flies. Like if he's relating to, you know, hell and the devil, um, yeah, this is a just, great horrorcore song. It's at least on the reissue. It's the first actual horrorcore song. I guess rock the dead. You can count that because he's talking about, they're talking about zombies. Yeah. But that you're but right. The, that is, this is a little more like, like traditional horrorcore where it's not funny and it's not, you know, this is just like, we're going to talk about some dark, scary shit. I agree. That's, that's a very good point. Uh, looking in the lineage of the CD, like, you know, how it, how the track listing falls. This is the first one of the reissue that really kind of touches on that. Cause and when you hold it up to other, like the, the first several official dark Lotus songs, like echo side. And then when you look at other ones from, uh, from Tales from the Lotus Pod that were recorded early on with Mike Clark, like uh, the Crows and uh, like Black Magic and stuff. I mean, this is right there. This is in that same same kind of vibe. I gotcha. I wouldn't have put same that together, sound. but yeah, you're right. It does. Uh, it does give that. Uh, what do we say? Like they paint a picture very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah, not all, all telling are, a story. It's just very descriptive. Very, yeah. I don't know. So we go through the first verse, as we said, back and forth. And then we alluded to it, but Violent J does the hook or, you know, the, the chorus at the beginning and then mm-hmm. the, uh, the hook here in between. Well, For and those then ki- Monoxide oh, uh, puts in his obligatory carnival reference. <laughs> I, I, did. I, I think I think that was part of their contract for the first couple albums that you guys have to to mention the dark carnival every once in a while. Oh, wow. When I say stuff like that, Chris gets on my case. So now that he's here, <laughs> not here, we can uh, just say You're free to speak your mind, man. Yes, uh, <laughs> it is interesting. And it's funny, the timing of you saying that. But for those keeping track at home, three songs in of the uh, reissue, three songs that ICP has shown up on. Let's see mm-hmm. if that trend continues for... All five of these reissues. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they do. They're, they're on there. They're um, on there. This one, they're actually on the the least amount because it's just Violent J. And it, he's on the hook, but I think Monoxide is 
is singing with them. I think it's both of their voices. I've noticed that too. And I think the same on rock the dead, right? Like it's just Jay kind of on that one part of the one. Right. But then it's Um, Jay and probably Madrox together. Right. But I'm just making the point that they're making an appearance. I'm not suggesting (laughs) that the boss man is interjecting himself. manager. Yeah, I'm just saying that he's there. We're just keeping right. track of things. That's all. Well, he's, he's um, an executive producer. Yeah. And the hook, I'll say it isn't that bad. Like, I, no. I, it fits. And like we've said before, it's a good breakup. You can't just have back and forth, same voices. Like, it's a good right. little something different. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. And I always appreciate that. With, with a group, it's it usually doesn't get very old, but like with a solo act, if somebody puts out a solo album, I usually tend to get a little bored. If it's just that one person on the whole album, I like it to be broken up with somebody else on a hook or you Agreed. Know, something, at least a hook. Gotta be something. But, I'm with it. And I mean, even with, with a two person group, it's still good to break that up from time to time. Yeah. I can't this, sound this, the same the whole time. Right. But not that this album really needs it because it's broken up already. (laughs) Yes, multiple sounds uh, all over the place. As we go into the second set of verses, it is funny, and I'm sure this is just uh, coincidence, but there are uh, references or lines uh, being buried alive. Uh, there's one rocking Mm -hmm. the dead. dead. Like it's just funny that they throw those out there and it's like, I'm sure that's coincidence, but there's could be a little hint of, you know, we need to keep a little cohesive here and little, I like Like little Easter eggs, you know, maybe they, when they were putting the album together, they were like, okay, let's write down a couple of buzzwords, a couple of catchphrases. And we're just keep going back to those throughout all the songs. I I don't have a problem with that. You know, I, I think it works. So, um, yeah, I love Easter eggs and callbacks. It's always, always fun. Here's a fun one that I've been thinking while I'm reading or while I've been listening. Um, Of course, now I can't find it. Uh, My eyes stay closed. Angels fall from the sky. They say that it rains every time God cries. Did your parents ever give you one of those? Like, do you have any of those in your back pocket? You know, like why (laughs) things are or am I the Uh, only one? No, nothing. Nothing like that. I came from a very uh, non-religious family so and i don't even know if it was like i'm sorry that sounded super religious but i always thought that was just like a parents telling kids stories kind of shit like uh oh when it thunders the angels are bowling like you never <laughs> uh, uh, no I, I certainly heard that but it wasn't okay. something that my that my parents ever said all right well those are the only two i have so that was stupid okay. non sequitur i apologize that's fine <laughs> Oh, that was worth interrupting whatever thought you had for something <laughs> fucking stupid I don't well, know, now as, as a other... parent, I only tell my kids science. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is this is not a political podcast. I, who said it was? Uh, no one. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is good stuff. Um, good stuff. So, do you have any other like uh, any lyrics here that jump out to you other than the last one? You know, um, I, again, I, I like, interesting. I like how but... Madrox builds on this on his set of verses here um his first time through when i close my eyes i see hell turn to ice starving little children feeding on the rancid mice it says rancid mice on the 
lyrics. I think it's rats and mice. That's what I, I think you're right. Yeah, that's that's a uh, running gag that the genius lyrics are <laughs> never yeah, well, 100% accurate. We're working on it. I got a guy on the inside. <laughs> Mushy Mustard. If you ever see anything annotated by him, he's my man. He, he does the Lord's work on genius. He's fixing Good. all of ICP's stuff. He'll get to Twisted eventually. I enjoy um, it. We, we need all the help we can get. Yeah, for real. Because some of them are just bad. Um, but that's besides the point. What I was getting at was <laughs> that it's a that's a pretty hard verse. When he gets to his next one, when I close my eyes, the mirror goes black. A demon crawls through and tries to kill me with an axe. And his his voice just gets like frantic on that one. And then by the time he gets yeah. to his last one, when I close my eyes, the devil then appears. And it it sounds like he's like terrified. Yeah, I and mean, that's, just, yeah, it goes back to not that they didn't do a good job of it, but you can start picturing like your eyes opening and closing, like trying to get back into reality and slipping right. out of the dream or your nightmare. And yeah, right, each time monoxide, his eyes close. Is, monoxide is really just kind of like even keeled through the whole song. He's just like, when I open my eyes and he's like the same meter, the same, you know, cadence in his voice throughout the whole song. But Madrox keeps building from the beginning all the way through to the end. By the end, I mean, he's frantic. He sounds nervous. And I think, I don't know if that was intentional, but it gives me kind of this strong feeling of, you know, you open your eyes, everything's normal. It's expected. Verse after verse, it's the same. But each time you close your eyes, it gets a little darker and a little scarier. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to the end, it's like you you don't even want to close your eyes anymore because it's too frightening. And I really right. like that dichotomy of monoxide staying the same and Madrox getting more intense. Yeah, it's so <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, I think we alluded to it, but it's almost like they both wanted their parts to be the crazy part. And they thought the other one was going to be. You know, like we're, we're talking the, the easy way out, like your eyes are open and it's reality. But when you close it, it's like when the devil comes and gets you. I bet right. Monoxide, his verses are almost like, man, I bet when my eyes is, my eyes are closed, that's when I'm at peace. But when my eyes are open is when I start getting frantic and doing crazy shit and wanting to kill people like they both wanted to be the bad guy. It's, well, that, it's weird. Like, that that kind of makes sense, though. Because clearly, just yeah, his verses are about fucking killing, and right. maybe his last and, and, one about like killing himself. But like, it's just it's very strange that they didn't talk to each other, or maybe well, they maybe, wanted maybe, it like this. Maybe maybe they did. Maybe monoxide being awake and having these crazy thoughts when he's awake, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm just I'm having all this, all these panic feelings and all this crazy shit going on." But when I go to sleep, it'll all go away, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then Madrox I, comes in and says, no, motherfucker, it's not all right. It's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I just can this buy that. Cycle. I wish they would say that and, like, not end it or just somewhere in there specifically say, you know, even if they both had the same line about something like, there's no way out or I wish whatever, like to kind of play off of each other. But yeah, I think that yeah. makes the song no matter how you look at it and all the incarnations that we've talked about, it makes it a really deep fucking song. You know, when you, yeah, it's, it's really totally interpretive art. It. I mean, it's, they're painting a picture and it's up for you to look at it or listen to it and decide what they're talking about. 
And You're saying spin I mean, the bottle isn't uh, objective art? Oh, oh, no, no, no. That's that's <laughs> a masterclass of a Juggalo love song. Yes, love. <laughs> Quote, Juggalo there's love nothing song. about love here. <laughs> Which brings something else up. Yes. I'm sick and damn tired of all your hating on She Ain't Afraid. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> we, uh, I forgot to bring I'm, all that I'm, I'm up before. Back. But, I'm reaching yeah. back. <sighs> we'll discuss that in the uh, wrap-up episode at the end. That <laughs> you wanted more sexual innuendos and, and horrific lyrics and not dancing around it, but that's okay. That's your taste. <laughs> hey, that's, we, we, we like all to like play what we the, like. <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. Yes, we like to play it nice and cool and family friendly, and you just want to talk vulgar and dirty and nasty. Dirty sex songs. D- dirty little girl. Uh, dirty, dirty little girl. <laughs> so, as you alluded to multiple times, uh, and I like how you phrased it, that Madrox is just getting like more scared and more frantic, and he ends the song with, uh, My Eyes Stay, cl- stay Closed. Now that's interesting. Yeah. We said that he doesn't double up, but when I close my eyes, but now it's my eyes stay closed. Eyes stay closed and that's the final yep. verse of the song. And so that's when he finally sub- submits to the madness, submits to the, the demons. Mm-hmm. And we're assuming the devil here. Uh, my sure. eyes stay closed and he, the devil, rambles mm-hmm. on and hands me the lyrics to a Dark Lotus song. My eyes, the devil then appears It tells me he's been hiding in my closet for years My eyes stay closed and he rambles on And hands me the lyrics to a dark loaded song Real cool, real like good callback for I wonder if the average person picks this up And picks up on that and it's like What's Dark Lotus? At the the time, it was just something that you heard about. Maybe. Maybe you heard about. Yeah. Uh, You're better at this than I am. Time frame on this. So the Jekyll Brothers and Most Tasteless Reissue come out roughly the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, May and June of 99. So Echo Side is on that. Uh, on Jekyll Brothers, and it was released before then on a single. Um, right. And it would have been for, December of 98. So from early 99 through 99 until, God, that Lotus CD didn't come out until 2001 at the gathering? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So it's really just, like you said, like urban legend, like a lore yeah. until then. That's right. Well, that's I think crazy to- that it took that long. Now, I'm not sure, but there was, I know there was an ad for Dark Lotus in the Tunnel of Love reissue when I bought that in 2000, late 2000, I think, maybe 2001, there was an ad for that in there. But I want to say that there was probably an ad for Dark Lotus, maybe in the Most Tasteless reissue, or maybe, yep, there is, I'm looking at it right now. Is, oh, wow, I can't believe I didn't, eh. We'll talk yeah. about this. In I think it was in Jungle Brothers too. I was going to say that. Is there yeah. one in Bizarre Bazaar or Freak Show? Um, 
Probably, probably. Because um, now we're but talking. Di- but they definitely talk about Dark Lotus a shitload on Bizarre Bizarre. Yeah. Are and we? Crystal Ball uh, you've got is clearly a Dark Lotus song. Am I like mixing up my uh, my history here? Was Dark Lotus one of the ones that you were supposed to put together for the Necronomicon? Yes, that was supposed to be the final piece of the puzzle. It was going to be, oh God, I think the first one, well, I think they changed it a couple times. They only mentioned it twice, I think, but both of both times it was a, a different set of albums. Um, it was supposed to be two ICP albums, a Twisted album, an Isham album, and then Dark Lotus. Right. And originally what? it wasn't supposed to be bizarre. It was supposed Why to be a, Isham? Because they were they were friends with Isham at the time. Well, that yeah, was, it's just <laughs> funny that like he wasn't like part of the group. It's just like, oh yeah, there's well, Isham CD in there too. Well, he's kind of behind the scenes, but he's all over Bizarre Bizarre. Yeah, yeah, he has the first Joker's card and the last. That's what I heard. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just that's one of those. I'm good with some times and eras, but. The Isham being in the camp and not in the camp happened so many times that I just I can't keep track, you know. Well, and news from the time was so sporadic. I don't know about you, but I didn't have steady internet access in 2000 or even 2001. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did. So I guess I was keeping up on all like the websites and chat rooms and all that. But yeah, how did like news get? sent out to people like the newsletters weren't as prevalent um, no well there was a newsletter every other month in the pendulum comics oh yeah i forgot i and don't most even of those were those, two, right. two to two to four pages long and most of them were just you know hyping the same stuff but there's a few little nuggets of news and then there was the hotlines which were very active around that time oh yeah which <sighs> i never called because at the time you had to pay for long distance <laughs> <laughs> long distance. Oh, the good old days. What even is long distance? <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to explain that to someone. Like, right? you, you you don't call someone in your small area and you want to pay extra. Yeah, kind of yeah, lots extra. And then that kind of blew up when the when the internet took off. And you're like, wait a minute, I can send an email to somebody in Japan, but yeah. you're saying I can't talk to somebody a hundred miles away. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't make sense. No. They had specific long-distance companies. That's crazy. Or or you buy those cards. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, hotlines. I didn't call them very often because it cost me a lot of money. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just it's a funny look at how news got sent out back then and you just maybe you just waited for the next CD, you know, and like you said, you saw the ad and reissue CDs and yeah, oh, what's this? And you know, they, they have to throw stuff in tracks just like this one, like oh, what's Dark yeah. Lotus? And so it's it's a cool little feature, you know. I, I it's a like we said, it's a good ending. It's perfect ending to the song, and it definitely leaves you open for more. So. Yeah, for uh, sure. Props to them. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, do you want to get into the story of the, the song that supposedly uh, the devil gave to Jamie Madrox? Do you know oh, anything Jesus. about that? Uh, you, I'm not super familiar, although I feel like I did just read this recently. But if 
you would like to bestow this story upon us, uh, sure. go right ahead. Apparently in 2002, somebody asked on ICP's, uh, it was probably on their website. It was, I think it was called Ask the Question. I think it was a feature they had on there. Oh, yes. And uh, somebody asked about that lyric, uh, the devil handed me a lyric to a Dark Lotus song. And Madrox responded, the devil actually handed me the lyrics to a Dark Lotus song called Kronos. And the track was, in fact, a ploy to dement the minds of juggalos and cause great suffering to any and all who listen to it. It's horrible and evil. Myself and the other members of the Dar- of the Lotus held a meeting to discuss the topic and agreed that the song should be destroyed. Understand the context of the song was the total opposite of everything that we represent, stand for, and or believe in. And we even went as far as to voice our standing and opinions on that topic on tracks like Call Upon Your God and Headache. I cut the head off the devil and I throw it at you. End quote. So that that's a line of shit. That's um, that, what, that's, what do you call it in the wrestling business? Um, uh, a work. A work. Right. Like that's. Work. I was about to say well, that's that. a good work. Yeah. If there's, it's on brand. God, let's put it that way. Yeah. If we're getting super deep into the Juggalo culture here, I like and I can get behind them having a story and them having a gimmick and somewhat sticking to it. But there's a point where it's like, I know this isn't real. And if you believe in this, then you're crazy. And I'm talking about them, like the artists. And Mm -hmm. if you, the fan believes in it and a lot of them did. And I think do that's, I think the, the split God, here's a roundtable topic. Like, there you go. The, the, the split of fans of people who think like you're too into it or you're not into it enough, I think stems from shit like this. Like, mm-hmm. you truly believe that, then you're way too deep into it, and I don't have time for you. But like, if you think everything that they say is real and then I'm not buying it, then you don't think I'm a big enough fan. And it's just weird shit like that, that I, there's another thing on God, where did we see that? Me and Chris were just reading it. Um, I think it was about Lotus in particular where there was a song that Mars wanted to do, but he, the verse had some kind of B it started some kind of beef with twisted where twisted was like, you know, we're not, in this for this devil shit. Like we're not going to hell for what you're saying. And the whole story was like, you know how Mars and Jay like found some book of spells and like we're casting shit. And it's like, yeah, like that ain't <laughs> yeah. real. And if it is, then fucking those two are lunatics. I mean, <laughs> Mars and Jay, like, and I can't believe everyone else went along with it. Like it's an interesting story. If you well, stick to there's, it on a very enough. high level, there's enough truth to it though, because they do recite some lines from like the Necronomicon and other occult books. So they were studying the occult. Studying or just like, Hey, this is going to be our gimmick. That's like saying, Hey, we're the riders. We're literally going out and like shooting and killing people. But like, no, they're just talking about it. Like, I, I don't know. There's a fine line and a lot of people jump that fine line. And I think, that uh, paragraph you just read from Jamie is borderline story. And I hope 
they don't really think that but maybe they do maybe if you talk to him he's like fuck yeah i had like a weird ass dream and the devil gave me these lyrics and i just freaked me out and that's why i wrote the song like i'm okay with a, a, a nugget of something turning into what you do but to like make it a real thing that's where you lose me a little bit personally but there's a weird phenomenon that happens when people start getting into the occult and into supernatural stuff. It's kind of like manifesting what you're thinking about and what you're talking about and reading about. And like your brain starts to make it real, like not real, like real, real, but like you start to think it's real. And when, I mean, I've I've seen this before. Like when I was, when I was in middle school, there was a, a group of kids that were just totally obsessed with supernatural and they were convinced that, you know, they could see ghosts and they could talk to ghosts and stuff. And I hung out with them for a while and yeah, I mean that shit just starts to snowball and pretty soon like everybody's like, Holy fuck. Yeah, this is real. This is real. And, and then, you know, of course at some point somebody finally, you know, is like, wait a minute, no, this shit's not real. What are we doing? But (laughs) you know, that, that kind of stuff, especially when people are young, that can really start to seem real when you talk about it enough with people, you know, you get into this feedback loop and that's kind of what's happening a lot in America right now in other areas. <laughs> um, speculation. Uh, but these feedback loops can start to make things seem real. And I think that solves both of the topics you were just talking about, both in the fans believing that the dark carnival is real and believing that dark Lotus is you know casting black magic and all that stuff and i know i've i've seen groups online like the church of the dark carnival or something like that and you know every once in a while you see like these these younger or newer juggalos that are like you know they're just like gung-ho and they're like yeah i believe in the power of the dark carnival and stuff and it's like okay (laughs) cool uh maybe calm down a little bit um it's a cool story it's a really cool story but it's a story um, but that that can also explain how ICP and Twisted were deep in this shit at the time with Dark Lotus because they were talking about it so much and they were reading all these all these books and talking about the shit all the time that you know that started to become their reality for a while because that was all they were around, <sighs> which I mean probably a negative impact on your life but positive <laughs> great impact on your art because the music that they were putting out was fucking amazing oh yeah a great era of all their music it's just still it's just it's weird i don't know but you know it's yeah as you said it it brought out good music that's kind of all that matters i guess how you got there but yeah i just i don't need stories about listening to the cd in the dark and staring in a mirror and and the fucking (laughs) devil comes and sees you like i I don't need that shit it's it's cool it's fine but it, it that it doesn't need to be there it, it makes for good liner notes, you know. It does. Then it's especially especially back then. I mean, I don't know. Now the, it seems like the the need for the gimmick was important then. You know, like every horrorcore rapper had to have a solid Sometime. gimmick, or else they were just kicked to the curb. Now it doesn't really seem all that important anymore. And even the bands that do have gimmicks, like Axe, they have a gimmick, but they break the fourth wall all the time they're not really holding true to their gimmick. You know, they know it's a work and they let you know that everybody should know that it's a work. 
Whereas you, ICT back in the day was, you know, like living it. They were like, no, this is, we are clowns. We are, you know, messengers of the dark carnival. And they lived that shit. Are you saying that Camp Zool wasn't real? Oh, it was real. I had a friend who went there. It was <laughs> a real sweet. place. Yeah. I <laughs> thought maybe it was just a figure out of our imagination. I thought that looked real cool, actually. Like, I don't know if I would ever do it, but it did seem real cool. So. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I, I would have done it like 15 years ago. Yeah, I, I would do it in the nice weather, not the yeah. November Ohio uh, brisk no. air. But yeah, no, that's crazy. It's crazy. <sighs> it is. I don't even All like right. camping in the in the summer anymore. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Let's see. Uh, I think just going through our list of things that we uh, hit on. The uh, everlasting kind of point of the juggalo culture or historical point, it we've mentioned that nauseam is that mentioning of Dark Lotus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. n- nothing else in this song really kind of sticks out for the test of time. I don't know if anything does, really. Like, there's no lyric that everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's the one, or it'll pops, you know, at a live show, but... Um, yeah, probably, probably that, because the song is like hidden forever. But right. in in looking in in it deeply, it's probably the last last line. So, well, that and just the whole the whole vibe of the song is just like I said. It always struck me as a Dark Lotus song, um, even though it's just twisted. It just it has that feeling to it. And right. of course, you know, I mean, maybe it's just my brain like, oh, they mentioned Dark Lotus. It must be a Dark Lotus song. But I don't think that's it. I think it, the song, they were building towards Dark Lotus at this point. They were trying to figure out what it was. They had done Echo Side. They were working on a few other tracks. And I think this song was probably somewhere in its inception, either intended to be a Dark Lotus song, but then switched gears and became a Twisted song. Or was just kind of like they had Dark Lotus in mind when they wrote it anyways. I I agree. When you put it like that, you know, the five new tracks on this CD, they're not going to mention Dark Lotus at the end of Spin the Bottle or Hound Dogs. And then people will be like, is that Dark Lotus? Is that what we're waiting for all these years? No, <laughs> well, they're going to put it on the deepest, they, darkest, most evil song. on Hound Dogs, don't they? Um. Yeah, the Lotus I, Click. Blaze says yeah, that, I think. Yeah, but at least that's not. Eh, I understand. But <laughs> my point being, goddammit, is God that they it. put it like on the evil song, and hopefully people would associate that with what Lotus was about to become and not, you know, super right. hype party sex song about. Right, even though know. there's plenty of those with Lotus too. Yes, Jay wearing someone's panties to show him he's a freak. <laughs> um, one also thing I wanted to mention that I missed earlier. Uh, when they do this live, it's really fucking cool because they always take alternating sides of the stage and the mm-hmm. spotlight goes on whoever's singing and the other one kind of freezes while they're singing. Like, it's a very cool visual. And it, it, I don't think they ever played it any time I saw them. Oh, you uh, you do a quick search on YouTube, and there are multiples out there, and I, it's yeah. a very cool live song. So, so wrapping all this up, where do you think this song falls, either you know on the CD or just in your fandom of Twisted? You know, where where is it on your uh, 
favorites list, if you will. Um, I guess we can start with the CD first. I'm sorry. Yeah. For just for the album itself. Um, mid tier. I mean, it's a great song and I love the song. And I mean, I could probably tell you it's one of my favorites, but then I would say that about all of them. I know that's the problem. (laughs) That's why this is a a loaded question because I have so many songs. Um, Well, okay. Let's, let's say out of, out of the new songs, out of the recent songs. Um, I would say it's the best in my opinion, out of all of them. I would agree with that. I think, I think it's, it's the, it's the best written song. It's the best overall song. I think obviously bury me alive. is good. Hound dogs is great because it has, it has blaze on it and ICP. It's a posse track and it's (laughs) all that matters. Exactly. If blaze is on there, I'm cool, but it's, it's really the first posse track or at least, you know, well, the first one be, that doesn't have misery on it. Right. Uh, right. We alluded to that last week that they were still finding their footing for multiple man songs and right. they all hold their own like special little place. But uh, anyways, back uh, to the, to the subject, rock the dead obviously is a banger. I mean, that's the single, that's the, the hype track of the album and spin the bottle is fun. It's a juggle of love song. I love it. Um, but I think Blink, um, it's a standout for not being a standout because it's it's the song that isn't like, hey, look at me, I'm a hype gimmicky song. It's like a dark, serious song. There's no humor in it. There's well, the cigarette line is kind of funny in a ridiculous Weird. kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. It's it's very straightforward. It's and a no, straightforward like- horror track. There's you know, it's it's almost like they dug back and took as much of house of crazies as they could and put it into the new stuff. That's definitely an interesting way of putting it. It's a house of crazies track minus ROC plus Mike Clark. Like that's kind of what this song is lyrically and, you know, just overall vibe wise. I think it's, it's the closest that you're going to get to house of crazies on this reissue. I agree. Um, and for just, that reason, I think it stands out. I don't know if I would have said this before, but definitely in the re-listen and deep diving and all the stuff that we're doing this season here with this podcast, this song may jump I, maybe into my top five of this album. Uh, whereas I, I don't that. know if I, I don't know if I would have thought that, you know, two months ago, just looking at the track listing, uh, I don't know if it's in like my all time top list, but it's definitely growing on me. Maybe it's because I've not listened to it in 20 years and now mm-hmm. I've listened to it a good handful in the past couple of weeks, but uh, it's getting up there. I, I definitely thoroughly enjoy it and it's going to be a little more in my rotation now, I believe. So another cool thing is they go from this song to how does it feel, which is another serious horrorcore track. Mm-hmm. So you just get a back-to-back one-two punch of horrorcore right in the middle of the album, which is really cool. Yeah, reminding everyone kind of what what brought them to the dance kind of deal. Right, and then it goes to 85 bucks an hour. <laughs> well, they can't all be perfect. No. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of about it. I mean, we've 
talked a lot about one song like we do yeah. all the time here. Uh, is there anything else wrapping up? Uh, I know we've talked a lot, but uh, anything else wrapping up here that you want to put a bow on the song with? Um, no, man, it's a cool track. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's the the best one of the reissue tracks, and I don't know where it would stand up against all of Twisted's canon. Um, it would probably be upper mid tier. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a good horrorcore track. It's a cool song, but they've done so many, <laughs> so many great horrorcore songs. So it's right. it's hard to it's hard to exactly put a number on this one. I agree. Uh, well, I can put a number on something, and that is how long we've talked about this. So we should probably Too wrap long. this up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't want to. Uh, we want to leave a little for next time. You know, we will. Uh, Definitely have you back here in the future. Yes, for sure. Uh, If anyone wants to find us, as we've said before, we are the Juggalo Rewind. You can find us at Juggalo RWD on all of your social medias, uh, your Spotify's, your YouTube's. Just search for us and we'll be there for you. And as I throw it to my homie Jiggles, a.k.a. Jeremy, where can everyone find you? What do you do? Where do you want people to uh, subscribe and follow and like in your internet world? I am on Instagram at the homie Jiggles, and that's J-I-G-G-L-Z. There you can find my link tree. I have a link tree. It takes you to all my stuff, uh, the Juggalo Roundtable, my Hatchet History blog, where I have a spreadsheet of all of... <laughs> Psychopathic and MNE releases. Uh, it's not love fully it. done, but it's a work in progress. I love it. You can visit my Bandcamp. I have music. It's uh, Jiggles on Bandcamp, or you can look up Gray Note Records. Uh, I've been posting up a lot of my old recordings from, God, like 20 years ago. Um, just emptying out my computer posting up songs, uh, gearing up to make some new music, uh, hopefully next year. Nice. Um, I have uh, Instagram for Grey Note Records. It's at Grey Note Records on Instagram. Um, I have some stuff on YouTube. Just search Jiggles or Grey Note Records, or just go to the link tree. Everything is on the link tree. That's why they invented link tree, right? I, we have one of those, and it's on every profile that we have, and we just don't say it enough, but it's definitely a nice little way to connect hit the link tree hit the link tree juggalo rewind or juggalo uh, roundtable sorry that's that's your (laughs) podcast my podcast is juggalo roundtable and you can find the link to that on there as well um it's on spotify it's on what else spreaker it's on youtube it's not on it's not on apple yet it is on google there's three episodes we're gonna be well by the time this airs we will be getting ready to release the fourth episode the almighty fourth episode the almighty fourth episode <laughs> spoiler alert somebody you might recognize us on the fourth episode oh we don't want to uh, spoil that but we will see what happens and i'm sure we will be posting all of your information all of your links in our uh what do you call it show notes and on our website and when uh when that episode drops we'll definitely promote it as we always try to do when you 
bring something to the table. We we enjoy no, your work, and you know we hope everyone it's very else does sporadic. too. I <laughs> put out my first episode in August, and we're hitting episode four. <laughs> so slow, slow and steady wins the race. Slow, you know? Well, it's not even steady. It's slow. <laughs> slow and slow wins the slow race. And slow, low and slow. That is the tempo. <laughs> Bring in All another right. Beastie Boys reference. That, uh, yeah, you're full of good references today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, right. hit up my link tree. Check out my music. Check out the, the podcast. Keep listening to Juggalo Rewind. Listen to uh, Juggalo Judgment and ICP with We. Is it okay if I plug? Other people? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. They don't like us, but we're we're the heels of the Juggalo world. You're just the new kids, all right. You got to take yeah. your, you got to take your lumps. I understand. We're we're it's, trying our best. I I have an idea. I'll I'll cut this out, but I have an idea where we can you. like. We've been watching <laughs> you, watching and you. we we see what you're doing, and we're waiting for the right time to bring you into the fold. I understand. <laughs> uh, I actually had like an interesting idea that I see other bands podcasts doing and i think it could work for all of us but uh i say Ooh, that because tell, it would benefit me oh, we will we'll get into that a little later but after i turn off the record button uh okay. that's it for now that's episode 17 blink of the juggalo rewind season one as we 17. go through most cases. lots of 17 talk chris is going to be so mad that he doesn't get to that drop all of his 17 references <laughs> so much 17 but uh we will, see you. we will see everyone next week for episode 18, which will be Bury Me Alive. We'll see if <laughs> Chris Hell may yeah. be buried in, in beer bottles of Michigan's in the national title game. So uh, stay tuned. Or for if our, not. Oh, that'll be a very sad day. Don't even put that <laughs> in the in the ethos for him or he'll be very angry, but Sorry, he should Chris. be back next week. We'll see what's going on. But until then, this is Peter. You've been listening to me and the homie jiggles, AKA Jeremy. And AKA we will see jiggles you. The homie. Yes. <laughs> Only to certain people. <laughs> and we will see you next week on the juggalo rewind. My Thanks. friends call me the homie jiggles. So you can call me jiggles. The homie. I was going to say jiggles. You're dead homie, but, Ooh! I didn't. No, I didn't not know. Yet. How, I, no. Yeah. <laughs>